Welcome to episode two of season three of Money Talks 50 Plus. I'm Rebecca Pearl, your host and program specialist for AARP Elderwatch, a 20-year partnership between AARP and the Colorado Attorney General's office working to make sure older adults are not victims of frauds and scams and have the financial tools to live their best lives as they age. We are diving straight in today to the history behind the very first women in the area of Colorado. And of course, that means we have to start with the Ute women of the Ute Native American tribe. They are some of the first known people to have lived here and women in the tribes had great responsibilities that oftentimes had equal responsibility to men. Um, the Ute tribe acquired horses sometime around the 1600s or the late 1600s and with the acquisition of horses women were actually the people that owned those horses as their property because women were also in charge of putting up shelter or teepees. Um, women made the hides for the teepees and were responsible for their breakdown and setup from camp to camp that they traveled to. Um, but their most laborious chore was actually tanning hides because it takes hours of work and several women would have to work together to tan these hides. It's a long, tedious process, and some hides were processed differently. Some heavier hides had to be further softened. Uh, women left hides for her clothing white, but then smoked to the hides used for men's clothing, teepees, and various bags. And so this was quite the task. And there's not really the financial breakdown that we see in the West. This is a pretty equal society for the most part. Women are not necessarily in positions of leadership, but they are respected uh, and they do have, you know, great responsibilities of keeping the tribe not only sheltered, but fed and clothed. This is also uh, the responsibility of women and dismantling the teepees made it so the poles uh, that held the teepees up were dragged across the ground behind horses. Um, and so these pole dragging marks are they basically were used as highways for later explorers and other tribes uh, in in the wild. These and today some of them are actually legitimate roads that are still used, um, such as the Ute Pass, which runs from the plains through the Rockies near Colorado Springs. Very important role women played in Ute tribes were that they were the tribe's pharmacists. They were in charge of making sure everyone was healthy and if someone was feeling under the weather, they got treated with the proper medication. Um, and by medication, I don't mean Tylenol. These medicine women could gather as many as 300 plants with different therapeutic properties. For example, sage leaves were used for colds, split cactus or pine pitch for wounds and sores, Power, powdered obsidian and sage tea, mixture for sore eyes, grass to stop bleeding, and teas from various plants to treat stomach aches. And this is one of the most important jobs that women um, took on. And 
not only is this an important job of keeping the tribe um, healthy, and but it's also um, a chance for knowledge to be passed down from generation to generation, from women to women, um, and holding this knowledge of how natural plants and natural properties can be used to um, to cure sickness is very, very um, important. So for uh, generations and generations, women would pass down this knowledge to other women in their tribes to ensure that everyone could stay healthy. Of course, we all know how this goes next. In the 1500s, Spanish invaders came to the quote-unquote new world and they started exploiting and exploiting the land and the people there and the Ute tribe was one of these tribes that was exploited and today they do still exist in parts of Colorado but are significantly smaller than they once were hundreds of years ago and have had most of their ancestral homeland stolen from them but as english explorers also move in more and more of the new world quote unquote is being discovered and populated and folks in the 1800s start making their way from the eastern parts of the United States to what is today Colorado. And I really don't think I could have a podcast all about Colorado and not mention the mountains one single time. So here it is. This is the part where we talk about the mountains because it starts with Julia Archibald Holmes, a climb pikes peak. After growing up in Kansas for most of her early life in a home that was also a stop on the Underground Railroad, she married James Holmes and they began the two-month trek from Kansas to Colorado. They were actually one of the first parties to make this journey in search of gold, and their journey started in 1858. When Julia arrived in Colorado, she dedicated her life to women's equality. She started women's suffrage associations, demanding equal duties while guarding camp. And of course, she climbed Pikes Peak to make the statement that women can do anything a man can. Even more surprising, Julia divorced her husband shortly after the Civil War ended, which is incredibly rare for a woman in the late 1800s. She became a single working mother working for the U.S. Department of the Interior, where she fought to be paid equally to her male counterparts and was. Julia died in 1887 before women were able to vote, but she did try to register in 1871 and paved the way toward equal rights for women still rings true today a woman can do anything a man can do and that includes getting paid equally as well as having the right to divorce julia has clearly paved the way for very many of us to come after her um but in all of these communities women found themselves outnumbered by men at least 20 to 1 if not more but women were essential parts of the early mining communities in Colorado and out west as a whole. They ran shops that supplied important tools for mining endeavors and sold food. And this included 
as one diary entry from 1894 stated, for $10. This woman sold a biscuit for $10. Uh, this miner was looking, he was just so hungry and missed home so much. Um, he wanted a biscuit and told her that he would pay $10 for a biscuit that tasted like home. She sold the biscuit to him and made about $340 in 2022 money. So some women were able to um, be financially independent, um, but some women were also able to strike gold. Uh, not often while mining though. Women found themselves in roles outside of the kitchen, but many times it was doing, engaging in sex work. Sex work was legal until the 1915 Nuisance Act was passed, and the 2,000 men trying to strike it rich in newly established Leadville and terribly missing their wives back home were happy to pay large sums of money to spend the night with one of the 36, yes, count them, 36 women living in town. So sex work was welcomed with impunity. And despite the high demand for women working in sex work, some sex workers lived near mining towns and were able to keep their own pay, but most had to give the majority of what they made to a pimp or madam, much like today. Uh, sex workers also had to meet daily quotas just to be provided with meals and lodging. So this caused many of the women engaging in sex work to die in poverty. Cemetery in Leadville, there was a section dedicated to these women and we today remember them as important figures in history. One of the first recorded presences of women in mining communities, specifically in Leadville, can be found in the story of Red Stockings. And Red Stockings came to Leadville in 1860. She was one of the first original women engaged in sex work there. And she was known for, you guessed it, Red Stockings, as well as her bright eyes and red ribbons laced through her hair. Newspaper articles from the time describe her smile as bewitching. The men in Leadville working the mines adored her so much they would cheer as she rode by on her horse. By the time she left Leadville, she had over $100,000, so it was very clearly one of the women that was able to keep her own pay. On one of the last days of her stay, she threw a lavish banquet and stated that she had enough good times. She ended up getting married and moving to Nevada, where she lived out her life with her fortune. Other women in the same time period, like Clara Brown, were essential in helping hundreds of black slaves start new free lives out west after being a slave herself. That has an incredible story and is truly should be remembered as one of the great women of history in Colorado and throughout the United States. Clara was born in Virginia in 1800. Uh, she was born into slavery and spent 59 years as a slave. During those 59 years, she was separated from her family multiple times and forced to move. The forced recorded time was when Clara was nine. Her and her mother were forced to go to Kentucky where she stayed. When Clara was 18, she was married and gave birth to four children. 
When she was 35, she was sold yet again to another slave master and separated from both her husband and children. In 1859, she was freed when her master died, as it was stated in his will that she would be set free at that time. Once a free woman, Clara made her way to Denver by working as a cook on a wagon train in exchange for transportation. She was the first known black woman that crossed the Great Plains during the gold rush. Clara settled originally in Central City, about an hour away from Denver, where she opened the first laundry, which was very important in a mining town. She would subsequently open several more laundries across Colorado and also invested in property and mines across the state. By 1866, she had $10,000, which is about $200,000 in today's money. Clara spent the rest of her life free in Colorado and traveling back and forth to and from the East and back to Colorado, uh, searching for the family that she had been separated from. In the process, she helped newly freed former slaves relocate to Colorado, including when she brought 16 freed men and women from Kentucky to Colorado while searching for her last surviving daughter. And Clara didn't just bring people to Colorado. She also funded a lot of the newly freed slaves, new lives in Colorado, um, and created a vibrant community of find out four of her children had died, and she lost track of one of her sons. But before her death in 1885, she was reunited with her daughter, Liza Jane, and a granddaughter, Cindy. A sign of respect, she gained the moniker of Aunt before her name in the community in Central City and beyond. There is a stained glass window dedicated to Clara, the good that Clara Brown did for so many in the Colorado State Capitol's rotunda. Clara is also inducted into the um, Colorado History Hall of Fame. And Clara show us that during this time, women were able to do anything they really set their mind to, despite the hardship that they had to go through to get to where they wanted to be institutions that um, in the future would be harmful to women and harmful to uh, women having income or property didn't yet exist because this was in the very, very early days of um, the, the United States. So uh, women were able to really take control of their financial future in a lot of cases, especially if they had divorced their husband or that they had been separated from their husband or their husband passed away. Um, women that were widows um, or just husbandless a lot of times had much better options than women that were married because if a woman was married, then the man controlled most of, if not all, of her finances and money despite if it was hers first or not. So. Julia and Clara really show us these examples of women making strides uh, basically right as soon as they get to Colorado and fighting for the most important parts of not only literal physical freedom and to vote um, and to choose who you're married to as well as control your own finances and property.
This is a really important part of history that is oftentimes overlooked, especially because these women rarely appear in history books, in museums, in places of recognition. So it is incredibly important that today we remember what they did for us to get to the place that we are. Without Julia, without Clara, who knows what the world would look like today for women? Who knows if we'd be as far as we are in the struggle for equal pay, in the struggle for controlling our finances and property and being able to access the financial tools that men are able to access as equals. We will be back next week for another episode of Money Talks 50 Plus. Next week, we are diving into the meat of the gold rush as well as the passage of women's suffrage in Colorado because it did happen very first in the United States, which you may have not known. So join us right back here next week and until then, plug any financial leaks you may have. Check up on that wallet, check up on that bank account, make sure that all of those leaks are plugged. While you're at it, it might not be a terrible time to check your house for leaks too. That can also save you money. I will see you next week.